Welcome to the Self-Care Society podcast with your hosts, Celia Williamson, Ashley Kucher, Louis Guardiola, and Carrie Shaw, a podcast devoted to those whose job it is to help others get or remain mentally, physically, and emotionally healthy, but who also need to take care of themselves. How we're going to do this? By first showing you the filtered, pretty version of success, and then the real struggles, real work, and raw grit it took to get there, how they took care of themselves and also achieved their goals while doing it. Together, we will work with you to improve and maintain your internal health and growth while helping you achieve your external goals and your next professional achievement in life. And we're excited to show you how to follow your own individual and unique path and achieve the dreams you have while taking good care of yourself. So let's get started. Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Self-Care Podcast. My name is Isabel Matosian, and I will be hosting today's episode. Today, I want to talk to you about something a little different, or at least it might seem different. But by the end of this episode, I hope you'll understand the concept and how crucial it is to living a fulfilling life and finding your joy. Who knows? Maybe it'll get you thinking about whether you've had this kind of a connection to yourself and how you can foster it. I'm going to start by reading something I wrote myself almost 15 years ago about my favorite thing in the whole world. Again, stay tuned. I promise I'm not going on a tangent today. Do I have you convinced? You're going to stick around? Okay, then I'll get started. Those who know of it want to experience it again, while those who have will never forget it. Not everyone finds the rower's happy place. But when Coach Tom spoke of it, I knew he had been there. He described it as an out-of-body experience, and he was right. It's a place where you're reaching as far as you can into the depths of your body's strength to win. It's where the boat is perfectly set and the power is 100%. The rowers are all feeling the exact same burn in their muscles, lungs, and minds. Then, suddenly, the pain is gone. And you're out of the boat watching your body reach desperately for what you've been working towards for hundreds of grueling hours. I found my happy place in the heats at SRAA Nationals in 2013. Don't get me wrong, this isn't about the big game or my one shot. This is about 200 hard strokes in one qualifying race. The girls and I knew we were just a petition boat. We were the junior four, our coach's mystery boat, but beyond our coach, no one had much confidence in us, including ourselves. After all, we were really just a pathetic boat that got fifth at regionals. But our coach's pride, hubris, as we thought it, crystallized our determination to earn some part of the trust he placed in us. Refined over two weeks of late night and weekend practices, that determination began to link our strokes, driving our boat faster down the practice course. When it came to the race, we all felt ready. We finally felt like a unit. All of us wanted it. 
reaching the happy place isn't done alone. It's done with all the girls in the boat silently coming together and mustering the drive to prove themselves. It starts with a weird kind of emotional bond, though I'm surprised to find myself using a phrase I would have at the time found sappy and melodramatic. But there it was. All the cliches had come to life. It had become a mental battle against those who doubted us, starting with ourselves. Rowing is a contest of physical domination. Overwhelm the opponent before they overwhelm you. When we started the race, we were right at the middle of the pack. By the first 500 meters, we were in the lead by half a boat length. At this point, I thought the others would take us in the sprint. Our sprints had never been our strong suit. The other girls seemed to have the same thought, so we all pushed harder to gain open water separation. All of a sudden, we had it by boat length and we kept going. By the sprint, it was clear that we were in the lead. As we passed the stands full of people, it happened. I smiled. There, in the biggest part of the race, with my limbs feeling like they were falling off between agonal gasps of air, I was grinning. Just when my body felt like it had sunk into a private purgatory, I was floating, watching the boat from outside. The pain had become a distant curiosity, a trivial distraction, and I owned that river, leading as the girls matched my strokes perfectly. Laws of nature reversed. Every stroke made me stronger. To the people in the stands with binoculars, I must have looked like some crazy kid slightly touched with oxygen debt. But for me, it was the most powerful I had ever felt. Now and forever after, I have my refuge, where I go to find peace when life gets too loud. In the whoosh of an erg or the clatter of warlocks, I can silence the cacophony of life and go back to my happy place. Then, when I open my eyes, I face the world renewed. And scene. So what does this mean? Why did I share this story about my high school rowing team with you? A sport that most of you will likely have nothing to do with in your lifetime. Unless you choose to. There's always time. I'm sharing it with you because I've recently been reconnected with my favorite sport in the world, this time through coaching. And I've been hit left and right by emotions. Feelings of regret for not sticking with it. Feelings of joy for seeing how much the kids still enjoy doing it. Sadness for missing it for so long. And nostalgia as I remember how much it meant to me. And most of all, hope. Hope that I can feel that immeasurable joy and connection to the universe that I felt at that time. I've never felt it since, but I'm always in pursuit. Even outside of rowing, seeking something that makes the weight of the world feel like nothing. Finding a passion outside of my career and my life goals that lifts me up and creates opportunity. Not for advancement or better pay, though those are important but for true fulfillment. I've had my happy place. I know what it feels like to be so connected to the people and the things around me. The water and the current working with me and not against me. The wind pushing against my back being a conquerable obstacle. Feeling as if the nature around me wanted me to win, 
I felt that way every time I was out on the water. And how often do we allow ourselves to pursue something like that as adults? When life, family, and friends come into play, when we need to plan our meals and shop for groceries and wash our clothes and maintain the usual things, it feels like there's no time. But let's be real right now. Is there really no time? Or is it just that the overwhelming anxieties of day-to-day life have built to the point where we spent hours of our lives fretting about the things we need to accomplish, rather than launching ourselves into the things that bring us joy? Making the time to connect with the world around us and the reason that we work so hard for others. Not simply because we care about them, and we do, but because we want them to know that feeling too. We want to share it with others. We don't just want them to survive in this world. We want them to thrive. I've wasted 10 years away from the thing that I just read to you about. 10 years away from my happy place because I felt like I didn't have the time to prioritize it. I didn't realize at first, but I know now, that I didn't just leave my sport and my joy but I left something that was the closest I've ever felt to spirituality, the closest I ever felt to God or a deity of some kind. To those of you who practice a religion, maybe that's how you feel all the time, like you could fly and nothing in the universe will stand in your way if you have that feeling. I've never felt that way in church, but in the boat, no hurt or regret or negative feeling can touch me. Even the happy feelings pass over my head without thought. There is simply connection to the larger picture. You've probably figured out by now what the whole point of this episode is. It isn't to tell you about my high school experience. That would be weird. It's to remind you of a time you felt close to that feeling. Or to encourage you to pursue it for yourself, whatever it may be. This is what it means to practice spiritual self-care. However you connect to the world around you and yourself, you get to pursue it. There is time in your day, week, month, year, and lifetime. You make that time because why else are we here? Do we exist to serve others and give and give and give? No. Sometimes it seems that way, but the truth is, No, that's not why we live. That's not why we exist in this universe, in the bigger picture. We get this one life for the purpose of seeking that greater connection and enjoying it. And yes, we help others. We help others as well as we possibly can. And we share our joy. But we have to find our joy first. We have to protect it. We have to find our own happy place. That concludes this week's episode. And remember, it's not selfish, it's self-care. <laughs>